So as always, guys, um, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. There was a word from the Lord today. And I'm just so excited to be sharing with you guys. It's got a poster board here. Why it's here, it'll be very apparent to you guys in a couple of minutes. But jump on over with me to Matthew chapter 13, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, all right? When you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say hold up. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that. Everybody there? All right. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. If you guys will join with me in standing for the reading of God's word, would most definitely appreciate it if you're willing and able. If your legs are working, praise God, just use them legs and stand up. And let's read God's word together. Okay, I'm reading from the ESV version, the English Standard Version. All right, you guys there? All right. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. And the word of the Lord reads, The baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Beloved, look over to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Oh, neighbor. neighbor. How well do you know God? God? Thank you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So, guys, where we're in this phase, if you guys recall, let me give you a quick brief summary for those of you guys who may not have been with us for the past couple of months. Um, In the past month, we were in the resurrection. We were honed in on Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, and all that stuff was wonderful. We jumped in throughout the Gospels, and that took us up until Easter, right? So right after John, after the Gospels, what's the next book that comes after the Gospels? There you go. Say it loud and proud, man. Acts. There we go. You know your stuff. Acts comes after the Gospels. And... Acts is pretty much a continuation, right? It talks about what had happened after Jesus Christ um, went back to be with the Father in heaven, right? And those things are so, so important because there's a lot of things that happens in Acts that is necessary for that, that that we understand for our living, right? Because it kind of puts everything together. And one of the wonderful things that we see in Acts is just wonderful, wonderful work of the Holy Spirit, So that is our biggest theme, our overarching theme for this entire month and into July as well. An understanding of the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you who is the Holy Spirit, which I will in just a second, it would be interesting. I feel like we would get probably a hundred different responses, right, on who exactly the Holy Spirit is. But it's important that we all kind of come to the same page. So it's important that we all kind of have that understanding of the Holy Spirit. But before we can even get there, right, 
maybe some of you guys, for you, you, this is, you don't come to church often, or maybe this is for the first time. You didn't really grow up in a Christian home. Maybe the first time you've been hearing Holy Spirit. It's like, who is this Holy Spirit? One thing that is very, very important is that Holy Spirit is a part of this group of persons that make up God, right? And that's what today I'm here to explain and teach for you guys that we come to an understanding. And there's this term called the Trinity. It's a doctrine called the Trinity um, that pretty much gives us an understanding of how we view God. Okay, y'all say Trinity with me on three. One, two, three. All right, all right. So that is where we're going today. And what's the point of all of this? Why does it matter if I know about the Trinity? What is like? Why does that even matter? And underlying all of this, because underlying the Trinity, I want you guys to get this, is one word. And this word kind of either triggers you, makes you feel some type of way. And underlying the Trinity is the word submission. And the word submission is so, so important for our daily living and our daily lives. We'll jump more into what exactly that means. So the verse that we guys just read right now is Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. And Pick this verse specifically because this is an area where we see all three parts of the Godhead all interacting in just a few verses, right? We see God the Father. We see Jesus, obviously, right? And then we see God the Father, and we also see the Spirit descending upon Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful scene, a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful sight. So, when I ask you guys, maybe explain to me what is the Trinity? What would you guys say? What are some responses? Feel free to shout it out. What is it? Yeah, Zach? The Trinity is basically God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thank you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? So somebody that comes to you like, okay, wait. But I thought you guys said that there is just... So then is it, is it three gods? Um, yes, Zach. Uh-huh. See, God splits power into three portions. Mm-hmm. God the Father is the main portion. Uh-huh. Then he split himself to God the Son, Jesus. Uh-huh. Basically lived throughout life as a human. Uh-huh. Then he died and rose up again. God mm-hmm. the Spirit is basically roaming around helping us out. Mm-hmm. That's basically Amen, amen, amen. You got to come over here and preach for us today. Good, good, good. I would say you're about 80% of the way there. No, no, you're, no 80% is good. That's, that's a B plus, isn't it? You know, I don't, back in my day, an 80 was what? What was it, like a C? Now it's a B. You people are enjoying. Barely. Back in the day, an 83 was a B. And a 93 was an A. That was a time brown, but it was a 94. So praise God that you have got this. But that's what I'm here. We're here to learn together. We're here to work together, right? And that's why I'm here. So there are some things I really want to make sure that we get right when we talk about the Trinity. Because there is this concept and this idea that if we're not careful, we will jump into. And that concept and idea is known as modalism. Anybody ever heard the term modalism? Hands up, you've heard the term modalism. All right, all right. Modalism. What is modalism? You like to do, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't it like when 
Exactly. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So thank you so much for that. So modalism is basically saying, hey, um, God can just switch his modes. Someday if he's feeling like being Jesus, then he's going to be Jesus that day. Someday if he feels like being the Holy Spirit, is going to be the Holy Spirit that day. Next day if he feels like being God the Father, that's what he'll be. But there is a big flaw here because some limitations to that, right? Um, the way I think of modalism, you think of it as like water, ice, and condensation, right? Water vapor, yes, condensation. That's what that's the word we used to use, or condensation, right? Condensation is the process. Anyway, so that's where we're going with this guy. So I want to make sure you're not thinking about um, God in that way, because God is not in three different forms. So for you guys who are taking notes, my point people who are taking points, know that God is one being, one being in three persons. One being in three persons. Now, what does that mean? Because that, and let me just preface all of this by saying that what I'm saying today, guys, may not make sense to you. It probably won't. But some parts about God are mysterious. And we should be okay and have enough faith and trust to be okay with that. Not everything we're going to fully comprehend, right? So let me preface by saying that that God is one being in three persons. And that's hard to comprehend because we as human beings, we are one being and just one person. Right? There's two things that need to be answered. There's the what and then there's the who. The what is that God is a being. Right? Just as how we are human beings. Right? God is a supernatural being. The who for us, for me, is that I'm Kevin, right? The who for you is that you're Ryan, right? The who for you is that you're Pat, right? You're not Pat and Ryan and Kevin at the same time, and that's hard for you to comprehend, right? But God is in three persons. God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And all have existed all throughout time. There wasn't a, all right, Jesus, time for me to bring you here into this world. And then, Holy Spirit, now that I'm going, time for you to, me to make you and come into this world. Because if we do that, the underlying assumption, a lot of assumptions here, the underlying assumption is that Jesus is then a created being and the Holy Spirit is also a created being. And when you start thinking that Jesus is a created being and the Holy Spirit is a created being, then they have lost their God nature. Y'all tracking with me? Because, yes, Mary. The, the Trinity, understanding the Trinity. Yep. So, understand that the godliness one characteristic of God is being what? Creator. And I'll prove to you guys that they've always been there. It wasn't just, maybe this verse that we just saw here, you can probably assume that, oh, maybe Jesus came in 
and then the Holy Spirit did so as well. So if you all jump over to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, if somebody's there, go ahead and read it while I'm going to try to pull out a poster board. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Amen. Amen. What do you guys see there? Did you guys see any terms? Anything that stuck out to you? Us. Somebody has a question? Image. Okay, image. Yes. Does God have a gender? Does God have a gender? How does that question come up from what we just read? Huh? You created him his own image, female. Yes, that is true. God does not have a gender. I'll explain that a little bit more. Yes, Zach. Multiple people, plural. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? So then the question is, who is the us? The Trinity. Yeah. Who? The three, right? Yeah, right. The original translation? Yeah, does the original translation also say yes. us and our? Yes. The original translation is us and our? Yes, that is correct. I'll pull up the Hebrew when I get a chance. But that's the original translation. In every version of the Bible that you will see, whether NKJV, ESV, they will all say us. Right? I think some folks had their hands up as well. Yes. A person and a being, yes. A person is the who. You're a person, right? You're a person. A being is what you are, right? And what you are, so think of it like a dog and a cat. A cat is the being. The dog is the being. Different race, think of it like in that way. We are a human race. Right? That's the being that we are. That's the nature that we have. We have certain strengths, capabilities, similarities to other human beings. Okay? But, and that's a general thing. All of us are beings here. But I'm the only Kevin in this world. It's like you're the only Abraham in the world. Right? If you're in the world. I would mess up your name. I'm so sorry. <sighs> Thank you. I'm trying, guys. But um, does that help? Does that help everybody? I really want to make sure we get this. You guys understanding the differences? Yes. Yes. Person is who? Yes. Question? So let me let me probably draw it out. That might help. 
No, there's only one being. A being is unique, right? Sorry, a being is in general, right? Yes. There's one being, three persons. So like, I'm one being for my different personalities. Yeah. Think of it that way. Yeah. So like different personalities. So like you got Nah, the one, you know, Nah, the one with the shoes, with the five red threes, Nah, the one with the flats, right? And now with the boots, like that, that you get it. But it's like, you can't be all around there at the same time. You know, you got to change your clothes up. So if you're like, hey, if I got to change my clothes up, that puts you in the modalism group, right? But we're saying that God is like, wait, he can be wearing boots. He can be wearing threes and he can be wearing whatever else at the same time. All right. Does that help? All right. All right, guys, picture this with me, all right? So, uh, oh, yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm hoping this helps. So, we've got the being in the center here, right? There's only one being that you guys see in the center. And that being is God. My being, my nature is not God. My nature is human. My being is human. Your being is human. There's only one being, which is human. And then in his being is God. Right? Now, there are, then there's the person level. All right? And the, person, the, the being has the same attributes. All right? Like, for example, I can, we both have hands. That's something that's similar to a being. You got hands, you got eyes, you got legs, right? We like to eat, whatever it is, right? Then you've got the person. For human beings, it would just be human in the middle, one person down here, my name down here, one to one. For God, we're saying that, no, it's one being but then we have three persons, all right? You got Jesus, you got the Father, and you got the Holy Spirit. All existing, have been there forever. Not one created the other. That's how they've always been. Now, that's mind-boggling. And to a certain extent, it's inexplainable. And to a certain extent, it requires the faith. It is, it's a topic confusing, ain't it? It sure is. Any questions on that? Does this help kind of visualize it a bit? All right, cool, cool, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. I got you. Thank you. Is that helping? All right, Zach, go ahead. Yes, sir. Why is Jesus called God the Son, even though God is the Father? That is a perfect question. 
And what did I say at the beginning of this? As the underlying thing, if you don't take anything away from today, you should take. What was the word? Start with an S. Submission. Y'all are so good. Y'all out here paying attention. All right. Why is Jesus the son? I should probably write that down here. So, there are many reasons, but I think the one that we want to take away today is the concept and idea of submission. God the Father, think of him as like the judge, right? You know, like your dad, the father, right? Just a, a father in a general sense. The son, though he is equal to the father, the son willingly, that's the key term, willingly submits to the father, right? And the Holy Spirit, though he's also equal to the father and the son, he willingly submits the Father and the Son. So this is known as the Godhead, right? That's why a lot of times what we can get in trouble is we think of it as like, okay, God the Father is stronger than God the Son. And the reason why I didn't draw it as like Father, Son, Holy Spirit is because that's how our minds kind of go. But we got to be careful. There aren't layers in terms of strength. There aren't layers in terms of power. They literally submit to one another in reverence and submission and out of love. So the question for us is, who do you submit to? What does it look like for you here? Hmm? Do you practice submission? Because there are a ton of beings. You're a being yourself. Which one do you submit to? Well, in your own life, what does it look like? Is it... Does it look like this in your life? Where you expect Jesus to submit to you? Or you expect the Holy Spirit to submit to you? But this is how we live our lives oftentimes, is it not? We ask God for something God doesn't do. We say, God, what's up? Why didn't you come through? The biggest idol in this world, guys, is what? Self. Idol of self. So how do you understand this? That's why this is important. We learn submission as Jesus being able to do all things, being able to, capable of everything, willingly submits himself and subjects himself to so many things. Out of what? Out of love. We said in the beginning that love God with all your heart, the two greatest commandments, right? Love God with all your heart. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. I think God knew that we definitely love ourselves in a general sense. There's some self-loathing that happens at times. But in general, people really like themselves. Much as they, we may not admit it as much. So God said, hey, this is as much as you like other people. Just as much as you like yourself. 
Love others in that way too. And we can't do that if we don't understand rightfully submission. We can't submit to either governing authorities. We can't submit to our families, our, 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 our mothers, our fathers. We can't do any of those things. If we don't even get this right, how can we get submission in our own lives right? You guys tracking with me? So, these three, all one God. The being, like I said, is God. So if somebody's like, oh, you guys serve multiple gods. That's not true. That's not correct. Understand? And it's not like different, it's not different forms of God either. All are happening at the same time. And God also does that, not just for submission, but also for our daily living, as I said. And it's important for us to understand each part, each person, sorry, each person. So when we're going through some things, or we're experiencing some stuff in life, you know that there is so much love that comforts you. It's nice when you're going through something and one person comes by your side. But it's even better to know that you're going through something and three persons come by your side. And this life that you live and what we go through, understand that it's not just Jesus that comes by your side, but also the Holy Spirit is by your side and the Father is by your side and they never leave nor forsake you. And they're always there. Amen? Amen. So... Let me talk you through just a little bit here and then, I'll, and then I'm done. I think I'm already 26 minutes in, it looks like. I'm going to keep it short because I think we're at 125 already. So some traits about each of these three. And then going into next week and the subsequent weeks, we're going to dig deep. My prayers, we dig deep into the Holy Spirit because I want you guys to have that understanding. So some couple of things that I wrote down about the Father. All three of these are also all-knowing. They're also creator. All of them are eternal. Okay? But the biggest thing that I know about the Father is that he is judge. The Father is judge. The Father is the judge. All three... Yes, I said all of them are all-knowing. They're all the creator. They're all eternal. But the distinct things that we have is that God the Father is the judge. At the end of the day, he's throwing down the gavel upon your life on your eternity, right? God the Son, on the other hand, is the advocate. So in a courtroom, you've got your judge, you've got your lawyers, right? God the Son is your lawyer. And he sits at the right hand of God, the Father. When I think about God the Son, it feels more relatable, right? Because sometimes we see that 
God the Father, the things you see and you read in the Old Testament, beautiful things in the Old Testament, by the way. I'll explain why that is someday. It's harsh, but it's beautiful. The Bible is biblically beautifully offensive. We'll go into that someday. But understanding here that God the Son is one who we relate, we can relate to. We've got the Gospels, right? Everything that we've gone through, he says he went through. If you read through John 17, write that down to read through someday. John 17, beautiful place where Jesus prays for us. We serve God who prays for us and his people. That we not be taken out of affliction, that we not be taken out of problems, but that the Father keeps us. So we serve a God who is your advocate. We serve a God who was also the sacrificial lamb. That's God the Son. Like I said about God the Father, He's judge. But the judge has to find a way to make sure that though we are guilty, we can still be cleared. And the judge does that with the person of the Son. Because the Son comes and says, hey, this person, they did the wrong, they did the dirt, but I'm standing here. And I'm going to atone for them. Anybody know the word atone means? Take the place, right, for their sins. And they've they've told me that they've accepted me, they've trusted me, they've hired me as their lawyer. They signed the dotted line. They prayed the prayer. They didn't just pray the prayer. They also kind of lived the life too and walked with me all throughout. They didn't deny me before others. I won't deny them before you, Father. So, Father, I'm here. And I'm telling you that this person right here ought to be with you as well. It says that God the Son is the expiation and the propitiation for our sins. The propitiation for our sins, he holds back the wrath of God. I said God, the Father, is judge, right? So he may willingly, we've messed up. The judgment is coming. But God, the Father, is like, God, the Son, is like, wait. No, God, please. Let me take on that judgment. Let me take on that wrath. And he does that. He covers you. He not only does that, he's also the expiation for our sins. He takes away the guilt that comes in associated with our sins when we mess up. So that's the role that the son is playing there. And then the Holy Spirit. My, 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 my. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. As Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit knows the will of God. The Holy Spirit empowers you, equips you for daily living. Without the Holy Spirit, you are not a believer. Point blank. Without the Holy Spirit, you are not a believer. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, The Holy Spirit comes to dwell with you. His Spirit is with you. Because 
by yourself, you're not going to make it. If God does not keep you, you will not be kept. So knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you, knowing that what God the Son has done by dying on the cross, knowing that the Father has, has, is all judge, is all righteous, but has made a way for us to still be with Him, how do we then respond in our lives? How do we interact with the people? How do we follow His commandments? I pray that His commandments are not burdensome for you. That we lovingly do so, that we lovingly submit. If this was going in directional way, It would be like this. From what we saw, what I showed you earlier, it started as here. Us. We're not getting our way. We're not getting what we want. We may say that we're this. We may say that we submit to God. But when trouble hit, when you don't get what you wanted, you start acting a fool. And your reaction proves that you're really this. That you expect God to submit to you. That you expect God to do what you want him to do. When God is saying, no, 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 my child. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. It's more like this. Where you're down here at the bottom. This is God's story. And he is saying, hey, I love you enough to bring you into my story. I love you enough to want to have you play a role in my story. I love you enough to come back down to you, though you have sinned, though you have messed up, though what you deserve is eternal separation from me. I love you deeply. And I'm making a way for you to be with me. So brothers and sisters, the Godhead is important. There may be some things that we mess up, we forget about it and all those things. That's why I said the key thing out of this is the representation of submission. Who do you submit to in your life? By nature, we are worshipers. You never stop worshiping. You never do. You never stop worshiping. And how do you know what you're worshiping or who you're worshiping? Is look at your actions. What do your actions point towards? What is it that you want to do when you wake up in the morning? In the afternoon, at night, when you're by yourself, what is it that you want to do? Whatever that decision is, whatever you end up actually doing, that's what's showing you what you're worshiping. Is your inclination to read your word? To have godly conversation with somebody? Or is it to do something else? 
So check this part. If a holy being, such as God himself, even displays submission, how much more us? How much more me? How much more you? So beloved, please consider your ways, consider where you are in the Lord. And know that he wants you in the fold. He wants you to be with him. And he's made that way. Amen? Amen. Any questions before close it out? Yes. So can you ask the question, you know how we're one being, we're one person, how does the mind, body, soul fit into all of that? Anybody want to take a crack? I said that question right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, anybody want to take a crack at that? Mind, body, soul, yes. So can you say, um, we know how we're one person, we're one being, how does mind, body, soul fit into all of that? Body is that kind of what you see uh, on the food? The answer to it? Okay, cool. Yes, the body is what you're seeing here. The soul. No, so we are so our bodies are just our physical, right? It's eventually it's gonna go away. Our bodies are gonna be destroyed, right? Your soul receives judgment, right? Your soul is eternal, right? That spirit, I think of it as like, okay, while we're here, what is kind of covering over that, you know, that body? The spirit is kind of similar to your soul in, 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 in a sense. But the, th- the key thing about spirit, though, is that we work in this life and our spirits, eh, so-so. But when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you, 
You want the Holy Spirit. Rather. Amen? Does that help? Awesome. Any other questions? I thought there I saw some hands up here earlier. Did everybody's question get answered? Alright. And you had asked about God being God's gender. So that God does not have a gender. God need not be limited in any particular way. Alright? There are some places in the Bible where he explains himself and he describes himself in masculine traits. And there are others where he explains himself and describes himself in more feminine traits. Does that help? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Alrighty, y'all. Anything else? Anybody else? What are y'all taking away for today? Let me get three or four people. Not everybody can say submission either. <laughs> All right. Huh? All right, JP took submission, so nobody else can take submission. What else are you guys taking today? Yeah, Zach. One being three persons. Perfect. Guilt. Yes, we talked about guilt as well. Who else? God is the judge. God is the judge. Jesus is the lawyer. Yep. Perfect, perfect. And the Holy Spirit, the one that keeps you on your knees, <laughs> keeps you on your toes. Yes? Our actions show what we worship or who we worship. That is a word. God bless you guys. Anybody else? Amen. All right, guys. Let's, let us close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word today. Um, we appreciate you. We thank you, Lord God, for just allowing us to be able to be here, open our hearts and minds to you. Uh, we pray that you continue helping us in our understanding of you, Lord God, as much as you will share with us. Uh, we just pray that you help us to be able to know you in a deep and intimate way. We pray that you help us to be able to continue to remember what your son did on the cross. We want you, to, when you pray that God, you help us to always remember that your spirit is always with us and your spirit empowers us and your, your spirit gives us boldness and your spirit helps us to be able to make it through this world. And God, we know someday and we pray that we, you, that, 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 that we will be with you in heaven, Lord God. We thank you so much for making that opportunity for us to be able to come to you. We thank you so much for all that you've done. We give you glory, honor, and adoration. And Lord God, we pray that every single person here um, continues to live their lives in a way that is, is for you, Lord God. Anybody here, Lord God, that needs to submit their life to you this day, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you allow them to be able to do so that you bring them to their knees, Lord God, and you bring them to repentance, and that you help them to be able to know that you have put all these things in place, all these different things that your persons do, all of it just for us. God, let them be able to see the beauty in that and the beauty of that, and let them come before you and give their lives to you in a real, honest way that will change their lives forever. That they not only just live for themselves, live for you, but that they live to be able to bring others to you as well. Because God, you are not a secret. You are not an affair. Heavenly Father, you have loved us always deeply. May we share that with each and every single person around us. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock, in whom we trust. May the saints say, Amen. Amen.